Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of E-Chamber Podcast. I'm um, excited because I'm going to be sharing a sermon that I spoke over the summer. And as I mentioned in a previous podcast, I spoke three or four sermons that I am not just going to be put on YouTube, but I also put on podcasts um, because um, I checked on the analytics and some of my sermons. I only posted one other sermon and it got good numbers to suggest that possibly people are interested in those as well. So I'm going to be um, sharing the ones that I preached this summer. The first of the few was the latest one. The latest, the last one that I spoke was dealing with envy. Envy, ooh, that is a, a challenging word. And uh, you'll get into the sermon you'll see in which I, how I address it. But it's something that I feel we all deal with. It's something I'm transparent about how I deal with and still at times deal with. And I hope that this is a word that can speak to your individual situation. Even though uncomfortable, sometimes we all have to deal with envy sometimes. I hope you enjoy it. And if by chance you feel that there's someone that may benefit of it, not like you want to show throw shade at somebody, but if you want to feel that someone may benefit from it, feel free to share. Find me up on YouTube that you can share this message and others um, that you, you know, could benefit from it. Okay. So here we are. Here's a sermon dealing with envy. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to minister. I know that there is nothing I have done to deserve this, but it's only your grace, your love, and your mercy. Father, I pray right now for every individual that is tuning on right now. Lord, you know what they experience, every emotion, not just the ones that I'll speak about today, but other emotions, other thoughts in our heart that are, are not right, Lord. You have showed us that it is sin, not just about it of being wrong to you, but the way it has negatively impacted us, negatively impacted humanity. So, Father, we pray right now you begin to do a work in our heart. We pray your Holy Spirit begins to change um, individuals. If there is a, a person that is not a Christian today, we pray, Lord Father, that through the word today, they will understand that they need you to overcome these emotions. Be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, little change is dealing with envy. Somebody type in the chat, envy. So just in case, because I saw online Oprah getting kind of turned off when she heard about God being a jealous God. And just by case there's someone here, and the reason why I went in this direction is because the deeper I looked into definitions, and there's scholarly people who disagree, and there's smart people who disagree much smarter than me. However, the reason why I went with envy, and we're going to go a little bit deeper into that, but... When you look in the Bible and you see that God is, um, when, the, when there's an emotion described to what God is feeling, first of all, when God experiences emotion, it's not the same like us. And it's a limited way of trying to communicate to us. However, jealousy specifically, if it is something that God's experiencing, jealousy within itself, you could argue in some context, is okay. The context where we hear God use it often is his relationship with his people. Not his relationship with the world, his relationship with people. And he describes it as like a husband and wife relationship. It is like for our simple understanding, if Crystal starts giving attention to a much taller, better looking, richer guy, and I start to feel jealous, that in itself is not a sin. I'm almost within my right because 
that attention belongs to me, similar to the worship and praise belongs to God. So it's, it's much deeper than that. You can do a word study, but I just want to say in some contexts, jealousy is okay. Obviously, just like anger, if I then go and kill that man, <laughs> I sinned in that, but in itself, it's not okay. Every context I looked at envy in scripture, it is not okay. <laughs> Every context. You will never hear, I am an envy God. No, you will not hear that, right? Because envy, the thought within itself, is wrong and is a sin. And, you know, it's, 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 it's uncomfortable to preach these messages sometimes. Because not just because I'm, like, trying to preach a message to get everyone encouraged, excited. But I like to be very personal and real with the examples, and that means I would have to admit to being envious sometimes. But let me get a little bit deeper. In James chapter 3, verse 16 says, Where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Envy is dangerous. Week by week, we read the Ten Commandments, and when you f go through the Ten Commandments, you um, read about them, and I don't know if you take it in, but a lot of them, you shouldn't kill, you shouldn't steal, you shouldn't serve other gods, honor your parents. It's talking about the deeds, the deeds. But I want to read, um, when we come to the end, I'm going to read it in an amplified version. It says, you shall not covet, that is, selfishly desire and attempt to acquire your neighbor's house, you shall not cover your neighbor's wife or his manservant, his female servant, his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Everything else, it's dealing with the deed. And we know that these deeds come from deeper feelings. However, this one, he goes straight. God goes straight to the heart of the matter, straight to the desire, not even the, the, the deed itself, because the reason why I believe, and we're going to get into this, is because envy has such a potential of being such a destructive force that, similar to a lot of other issues, it's better to not even start it. Envy, and when we read in this text and when we're going to get into it, has such a destructive force where it can not only um, gravitate to the point where it can be destructive to the person whom the person is envious, but it can also be destructive to yourself, can be destructive to the people around you as well. And it's something where, when it comes to other sins that we can see, it's easy to point it out, but envy could be one that just slips within your heart and slips within your mind that many people will not even realize that they're feeling envy. Many people will struggle to admit that, and you could be experiencing that and it's impacting your wife. You could be in the stronghold of envy, if I may say, and you don't realize the anxiety, the resentment, the anger, the bitterness that you are feeling. It could be that possibly you have unresolved issues of envy. Somebody tap in the chat, envy. <laughs> and while I am excited for us to come in, these are one of these messages. Maybe it's easier to preach it in uh, not a lot of people in the room because... Not a lot of people are going to want to admit to being envious. So the working definition I will be coming from is, it is a feeling of discontent or resentfulness, longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or good fortunes. I'll say that again. A feeling of discontent or resentfulness, 
longing, arousement by someone else's possessions, qualities, or fortune. Envy. And, you know, sometimes I like to ground the text in personal examples to help people feel at ease, make it be relatable. This is one where I want to jump past that. <laughs> but I can't. I can't. I can't do that. Because I know it is beneficial to you, and I would be being fake. Because I'm making it clear envy is a sin. It's in the Ten Commandments. It's made the top ten. It is destructive. It is something as clear as a sin. I'm not one to say, well, adultery's here, and this is not as bad. No, envy is bad. Let's be clear. So if I deal with it in a light heart nature at times, I'm not trying to, this is just to help us to be real. Because the problem sometimes when we talk about certain sins in church, because we can't even admit to having it, like that's the world. We can't even admit to having that. It goes undetected and unchecked within the church. And I want you to, at this moment, challenge yourselves is it possible that you're experiencing envy? There's different degrees. Maybe you stopped it off. And I'm going to go on a limb and say, many of us, it hasn't reached to the point of murder, but you never know. But it has that potential. And I want to get into it. And um, I was avoiding my personal example this whole time. Wait, okay. So here we go. So as a preacher, I'm going to use the most realist example I can. As a preacher... Growing up in church, I am often inspired by um, older preachers, and you would see them, and they inspire you to preach. I would tell you right now, I never felt envy for an older preacher. But as you keep living, and as you keep preaching, I'm turning 40 this November. Yay! <laughs> I'm turning 40 this November. I start to have peers in the gospel, and then I start to see younger than me in the gospel. And I'm here to admit <laughs> that there are seasons when I was envious of other preachers. And there was one specific preacher where they were preaching, and I didn't even meet this person. And I start to feel that resentful, uncomfortable feeling. And at first, you're like, what is this? What, what is this? And um, naive of me, I'm thinking maybe I'm spiritually discerning something. <laughs> Maybe I'm picking up on something. And doing a lot of more digging, I realized there's nothing there. The person's not perfect, but there's nothing really there. And then, you know, I thought, you know, I'm just going to avoid this person. And sure enough, do you know, God has a sense of humor. No one can't convince me. Don't try to figure out who the person is. But <laughs> I would be placed to preach with this person. <laughs> so it's almost like God's like, you're not avoiding this. Not avoiding this. So not of my own, you know, deep um, righteousness, but eventually I just was able to dig into it. And as clear to me, I was envious. I was envious. It was nothing the person was doing wrong. It was simply something about me. And we're going to get into this a little bit deeper, but I was envious and it was impact. I wasn't planning to kill the person. <laughs> I didn't try to do any of that stuff. But there's a very churchy way or a way in which a lot of us, you know, good people deal with it. It, 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 it manifests itself in different ways. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more. But I'll, I'll tell you, for me, it, it was turning inward. You know, 
it was turning inward and it was impacting me in a very negative sense. And, and my goal was to really get myself free, but I realized that God allowed me to be able to get myself free of that thoughts, and it helped me in other areas. And I never experienced envy again. I'm lying, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> not there yet, I'm still working on it. It's, so when you're listening to this, I'm not saying that you're experiencing envy right now. I'm not feeling envy right now, to best of my knowledge of anyone right now. But there are seasons and moments when it pops up and areas where it just shows up there out of nowhere. And if any area, I've grown in identifying it and dealing with it a lot quicker than before. And I encourage you today that we can use this story today to help us deal with it in our own lives. You see, I think it was Minister Mark, Pastor Mark, but I'm not sure, but you know, when we read the Bible stories, we don't want to identify with the villains of the story, right? <laughs> I hear often people say, I'm being persecuted like, persecuted like Jesus, and I'm so-and-so. We can, you know, identify with David, and those, even though they make mistakes, the heroes of the story, we identify. But the villains, we don't want to do that. But I want to challenge you that every word in the Bible is beneficial to doctrine. It's beneficial to us growing. And we want to look at Saul's life. And those who are not familiar, Saul is a king, king of Israel. And it's funny, when you think of the context in which Israel became, had a monarchy, it was because they were envious of other people, other nations, and saying, we want what they got. And, 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 and although they had God ruling over them, they say, we want what someone else wants. It's interesting that that's how it starts off. But Saul becomes king. And he's called to be king, let's be clear. He is leading in a godly way at some point. The Bible even says God gave him a new heart. This is not somebody that started off with evil intentions. But as time progressed, there is sin in his life. And then Saul, um, Samuel, the prophet who ordained him and um, set him up, tells him, you're going to lose your kingdom. He actually says this twice. First, it was your whole line is not going to continue, and the other is now you're going to lose your kingdom. He has this now in his mind. But Saul is still good. He's going out to battle. He's going out to fight. And then many of us know the David and Goliath story. I don't have to get into it, but in comes David. Actually, prior to David and Goliath, David comes into this situation to help minister to Saul. He's a help. Saul is troubled by a demonic spirit, and David comes and helps him. No envy there because he's helping him. No envy there, this young man. Um, Goliath is here to destroy. Israel is going to lose the battle. Here comes David. He wins the battle. No envy there. He's helping me out. No envy there. <laughs> but I want to get it. We see that once the cheers and the praise, and there's something about, the, especially with men, the attention of women, that's a whole nother, <laughs> nother thing. But that's the point where we see envy, and we're going to get back to that. And then Saul spends the remainder of his monarchy trying to kill David. The remainder of his time. It's, it's, this is it for him in his line. He spends the remainder. And it's more complicated than just envy. But because of the state of mind, he could not resist the envy that he felt. And I want to get into a little bit on, and, and just three points. And it's the first is the trigger of envy. Somebody say trigger. Now, 
some of you may hear that and you say, oh, trigger is such a word used. They're almost diluting it with mental health. Not that mental health is wrong, but it's taking on a different form. But it is a powerful analogy because similar to how we see a gun has a trigger, it's something that happens that caused the event. A bullet's not going to come out unless they did something new, <laughs> unless you pull the trigger. And there are some events and some things that happen that trigger envy. But I want to argue with you, there is one that is the greatest. So we, we said, and I'm just going to read it again, verse 8 to 9, then Saul was very angry. I'm reading this in the New King's Era, very angry. And, and the saying, that is of the women, um, Saul 10,000, David's tens of thousands, they're praising it, and you can admit the scene. Now, this is not like a private thing. This is public, right? And they are singing, and it's right there, and he has to walk and kind of hear this. And, and then we see that this is a triggering event for him. And the Bible says he eyed him different, if, if, he eyed David differently from that point forward. His perspective of David completely changed. And the first point I want to say is that envy is triggered by comparison. Envy is triggered by comparison. There could be other ways, but I don't see any greater one than comparison. As I was sharing, and you can read the story, he was cool with David until he started to compare. And comparison in itself is not a sin. But when we compare and we start to take a value and we see that something's greater than something else, as long as we come out on top of that comparison, there's no envy. We're good. You know, you compare your car to somebody else's car, and you think your car is better, you're good. You compare somebody else's spouse to their spouse. Like you're, as long as you come out, as long as we come out on top, we're good. But when we discover the value of this comparison, that we're coming out short, that they have something greater, at that point, you are at risk of envy. And that's what happened at Paul. Um, that's what happened at Saul. He was at risk of um, envy, and we see that it starts to build, and, and it goes to a place where, you know, on a very uncomfortable and ugly place, but I want to focus on comparison right now, because we do it all the time. I talked about earlier, when I compared myself to other preachers, um, older preachers, I was inspired. Maybe there's an uncomfortable feel, but it led to inspiration, but sometimes comparison leads to envy, and we compare in all different areas, because some of you at this time may still feel a little bit lost in the survey where you're like, I'm not envy. But you may compare. You may compare in possessions. That's a simple thing, right? Could be anything from the clothes we wear, <laughs> the car you drive, the house you compare. That can lead to envy. It could be more abstract things or different things. It could be someone's job. It could be their relationship. It could be there's level of success in their life. You can compare. And then there's you comparing to yourself, that person directly. It could be their looks. <laughs> it could be their looks, their physical features. All of these things, and then we add it up and we say they have an advantage. They have something that I don't. And at that point, you could trigger envy within your heart. The enemy could slip in at that moment and trigger envy at your heart because of comparison. We are at such a risk today 
because of comparison for multiple reasons, but social media has taken it to a whole nother level. Because it's one thing if social media was a true reality TV show and we saw the best and worst of people, it wouldn't seem so devastating. But because we're seeing often the best of people, there are a lot of research done to show people feel worse when they spend a lot of time on social media. Because you're comparing and just moment after moment, think about it, if you scroll and you're just looking through over and over again, Look at all these opportunities of seeing something better and the enemy could just put into your mind of resentful and that envy feeling. And if you're honest with yourself, whether it is on social media or interacting with others, maybe let me give like the church example was convention and everyone dressed up and you, you dressed up nice and you, you saw everyone looking nice. And if you started to feel bad, it could be that you're experiencing envy. Could be that maybe not a church event, but you go somewhere else and you're experiencing different things. Anytime someone is not being rude to you or disrespectful to you, but you start to feel an uncomfortable feeling, I'm challenging you to ask God or discern if you are experiencing envy. Because unchecked, there's a root that's being built inside of you that's going to be harder to tear down. Saul was dealing with envy within his heart, and then we see it is birth, and then we see the results of envy. Somebody say results. So, I'm going to read verse 10. And it happened on the next day that an evil spirit came to Saul that was allowed by God. So David played as other times <laughs> where he's playing for Saul, and then Saul takes a spear and throws it at David. It is, because what, what happens sometimes, we're showing you, is a resentful feeling. And then that resentful feeling, because it's envy, because it's evil, because if it was not evil, you would have an uncomfortable feeling, and it could, like, lead into a more different place. But anytime you put any evil thought growing in your mind, it starts to grow to the most evil form. It won't stop. And he went and he tried to kill David, outward aggression. Envy, sometimes the result is just resentful aggression towards a person. And we can see that can lead to murder. We can also see it can lead to um, where many of, you know, because when I say murder, that part just goes over your head. But it could be where you're just outright rude to the person. You're mean. It could lead into a, um, what we see a lot in the church, gossip, where you talk bad about the person. Example where somebody's complimenting this person and then you're critical of that person or you're mean. If you're honest, <laughs> let's, let's put it on another person. Have you ever said something nice about someone and someone just starts saying something rude about that person and then you, you seem lost in the conversation. You're just like, well, that seems odd. And they're like, well, let me tell you about that person and let me tell you about that person. That, that's envy. <laughs> that's envy. So we see that it just sometimes shows up in outright aggression towards that person. But one of the more subtle forms of aggression is the passive-aggressive way. You see, Saul didn't just try to kill David. Sometimes he just out tried to kill him. But sometimes he was scheming against him, sending him off to war, which seemed what to do, but kind of setting him up and sending him on impossible missions. S giving him his daughter, and the Bible says a snare, which is a trap, <laughs> what he was doing. All seems like good and noble things, but 
behind it, there was a passive-aggressive nature because he was envious. Let's bring it, let's bring it home. <laughs> because some of us, it's not the aggression. It's more a passive-aggressive way that we can be envious towards somebody. It could be where you're not necessarily something bad to that person, but you won't compliment that person. You won't say anything nice to that person. It might not be where you do something evil, but maybe you're at, you have the means to help this person in some area, and you're like, I'm not going to help that person, and you're secretly rooting for them to fail. You know, sometimes I've seen, taking on a lot of online content, I was, and this is, this is a judgment, I want to make it clear, this is a judgment, and I'm not saying it's 100% true, but sometimes I take on, you see those people online who there are, um, criticizing or tearing down some ministers and they're using scripture and they're using things but the tone and the aggression is just oozing off of them and you're saying this is envy because you can use good arguments to mask your envy <laughs> you can be envious of another person's let's say kids and you can just say well I don't think they're this and all that you're using good arguments on the surface but the spirit of that is envy you could be, and we see this often, you'll see this a lot in church, you won't always pick up on it, but the spirit of it, the, the vibe of it, because you see, we should be operating in love. And when you start to see aggression and this hostility, when someone's describing something and you're feeling offset, you're feeling this kind of, this doesn't seem right, it could be possible that it's envy. Let's put it on ourselves. If you are truly operating in the spirit of love, in your communication and you're dealing with someone, and if you have the spirit of God, you will be at peace with inside of yourself. I'm telling you, when it came to this young preacher, when other people complimented, and even when I was like, yeah, he's good, I didn't have peace with inside of myself. Because I said, yeah, he's good, but it came from a begrudging, like, uh, place. And I had no peace with inside of myself. Saul could have no peace because if you read, there were different times where he said, I'm sorry, David. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm wrong. I shouldn't do that. And then the next opportunity, he tried to kill him because you will have no peace when envy is rooted with inside of yourself. I want to challenge us today because even as I'm saying these things right now, you're thinking about other people. But in these moments, I want to think, do you have peace with inside of yourself? Do you start to see um, aggression and resentful? Because check it out. He's now turning on his son, turning on his servants. He started to, do, he started to destroy all type of things because that's what that aggression will start to do. If you look at it, and I can't prove this. This is my now assessment. Theologically, I can't prove this. We know that God rejected Saul as king. We know that. But we don't know, and some people may come to conclusion, God rejected rejected him completely, he was doomed, or and some people take the approach to say he rejected as a king, but if he was repentant like David, maybe he still had a chance. Either way, David was there to help. David was there to help him, and Saul was there running off his help. It could be possible that you are envious of somebody that God has actually sent in your life to help you, to improve your life. That preacher, if, if I was envious, and let me, okay, let me, <laughs> let me be, okay. I've been envious of a preacher and sat down and listened to the sermon and got nothing out of the sermon. Nothing out of the sermon. And God could have been trying to minister to me, 
but envy was blocking my blessing. You are me. Instead of like the like I talked about earlier, God, the Bible says, provoke each other to good works. Provoking is not a good feeling. So God could be sending something to provoke me to let's say, I want you to study better. I want you to do this. And, and you know, but when it's not grounded and it comes out in a different way in our flesh, we see envy. What if God, I'm just putting it out there, but, but, but husbands, let me just pick on different camps. Husbands, what if God is, 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 is that husband that is here, he's flaunting that he's a great husband. What if God is allowing you to notice that, to provoke you to be a better husband? Women, what if, like, you know, because uh, <laughs> I would see this example sometimes in church. You would see sometimes a case where an older, <laughs> um, an older woman, a younger girl is not dressed appropriate. Let's put it out there. And an older woman would rebuke them. And you know some women pull me aside and say, you know, it's really envy. It's, it's really envy. <laughs> It's really, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it, it's like a, a woman's breaking this down to me and she says, because that younger woman is a reflection of what, who that woman used to be. And now she's aging. And then and, and, and she's, she's using scripture, but it's not in love. And we've seen that play out where it's destructive. The young person is not at peace and the older one is not at peace. What if, you know, sometimes God is sending women in your life to provoke you to good works? Maybe if a woman has a better figure, the provoking is to take care of your health. I know that's an uncomfortable point, but I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. You know, the belly is there, and you see someone else, and you're just like, hmm. And the problem with men, I'm just going too far with this. The problem with women, when you see it online, you can at least use the argument, maybe they got surgery done. With men, <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> we can't do that. They can do so much, but that abs and stuff, both those, we say maybe they're on steroids. Okay, I've got off the rail. But it could be young people, your friends that are telling you they got a good grade and you feel horrible. It could be that God is trying to provoke you to study more. But I'm going to get into the solution. But when we see these things happen, the enemy at that moment will slip in to lead us in a different direction. The Bible talks about Cain and Abel. And because sometimes our comparisons, there is an actual, like, yes, that person is better looking than me. Yes, that person's a better preacher. Sometimes it's an actual fact. It's not even, like, subjective. And here Cain and Abel present it, and God rejects one and accepts the other. This is clear. One is greater than the other. And he is feeling envious. And a unique point in scripture, before it goes too far, God talks to him and says, what's wrong with you? <laughs> if you do the right thing, you're going to be rewarded. But if you don't, sin is at the door. There is a nature, there is something that is trying to take you over. And you're at this point where when the decisions you make, you're either going to feed that and it's going to take over. Unfortunately, he made the decision to choose that, kills his brother. If we're not careful, you could be, you can allow envy. It might not be to murder somebody, but I'm just telling you right now, you let evil in your heart, anything is possible. 
but you could kill, you could be destructive to God's plan in your life. You can become resentful where not even that person, but you're not even at peace with people around you. It could be that you're resentful. Some of now you can't even enjoy your marriage and your kids anymore. Now you can't enjoy your job anymore. Now you can't even enjoy fellowship with church because you come and now everyone's making you feel bad by just living their life. When you're letting envy in your heart, your peace is getting killed. All these things are getting killed. But I've come to tell you today that there is a chance. There's an opportunity that we don't have to go down the road that Saul did. That there's an opportunity that though you are in a stronghold of envy, though you are tied up in a bowel of bitterness, that God can deliver you from that chain and that stronghold of envy in your life. There's a solution. Somebody say solution. And we see it in the same story, and it's with Jonathan. The Bible says in verse 1, it says, Now when he finished speaking to Saul, that's David, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved, somebody say love, loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father anymore. Then Jonathan made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. There are a lot of things you can see online. And I am um, a child youth worker, psychotherapist. I believe in those things. However, self-talk, comparing yourself, sometimes they'll say, you know, it's positive self-talk. You do that and everyone will get a hold of you. Or they'll say, think, maybe no one has it all. Comparison, maybe their life is secretly horrible. They will say all different type of things. If that is not grounded in the love, the love of God it doesn't stand a chance to envy. This is why you will see famous people who have money, who have riches, all of that stuff be driven to do such horrible things with envy because if it's not grounded in the true love, the love of God, it doesn't stand a chance. Those strategies doesn't stand a chance because once again, you could be applying those strategies with a selfish motive underneath. What if I father the preacher, I'm like, you know, maybe he isn't as good as me. Maybe, maybe he doesn't study as much. Maybe he doesn't. I, I may be saying those things, and they may be true. I'm, or maybe he is preaching a little bit off doctrine that's a little bit more pleasing to people. That can, say, that can be true. But just because I'm with that with him, I still won't get that peace. Because God isn't going to give you his peace with lies. You can't manipulate God's peace. God's peace and his love only comes when you sincerely are trying to love another person. When you are sincerely, sincerely, sincerely allowing the spirit of God to flood your heart and flood your spirit. I want you to really take in Jonathan's predicament because out of the three, Jonathan had the most to lose. Saul had already been king for a long period of time. So if he loses out on the end, at least I was king. David wasn't expected to be king, so he really had nothing to lose. This is all gain. Jonathan was next in line. It is unheard of for you to be a king, not a CEO of a company, not a, a king, and to turn that down just because of someone you just met. But the Bible is clear. It was love that drove him to that. Because you see, we don't know if he, maybe he felt moments of envy or moments of jealousy. But there are two things. Why I say he was grounded in the love of God? When you read Jonathan's life, you will read that he was more being online with God's will 
rather than his father. And he even says to David, my dad knows you're going to be king. He was discerning God's plan for the life. But it wasn't just that, because you can discern God's plan for somebody's life and still be envious. But it was love. Somebody say love. It was love that was preventing, mob, pre preventing it from going too far. When you love somebody, you may be envious of that person from time to time. But it can't grow when the spirit of love is within inside of you because you're like, they're making more money than them, but I'm happy for them. I'm happy that they're making more money than me. They're a good person. It could be that, you know, that person has a new car or something. You're like, you know, I remember when they were driving a beat-up car. I'm happy for them. It could be that they're experiencing a level of success, maybe with their kid or in their life, and you're saying, you know what, I remember when they were struggling with their kid, but even if they never were, I love them. It may be actually objectively better than me, but it's only the love of God that can allow you to be able to take a lower seat and say, I'm okay with you being ahead of me. I'm okay with you having more than me. Jonathan was okay to be the right-hand person because he's like, I love you. It wasn't status. It wasn't any worldly measure. It was because he was grounded in love. I want to bring it to you to this. When, it, when, the, when the Corinthian church, when we look in the New Testament, testament and there were spiritual gifts and, and paul had to straighten them out and he, and, and he and he's talking about in verse um chapter 12 where he's like you know there's this gift and there's that gift and it says they, they basically you can when you do the study you realize they were fighting over that they were coveting other gifts they were envious of different gifts some people was speaking in tongues and maybe it was this and maybe it was that and it was a whole mess in the church paul first talks about it if you're going to desire anything in chapter 6, it says, desire the best gifts. He said, and yet, somebody say yet, I show you a better way. And then, you know, in love, <laughs> in love though, I say we always do it out of context. It's in weddings, it's in all that kind of stuff. It can belong there. But the context is in the spiritual gifts. It's not just about husband and wife. It's about all of us. And he talks about love being the greater. But let's check in verse 4. He said, love suffers long. It is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not envy. Not the world standard of love, Disney romantic movies. God's standard of love, it does not envy. It doesn't mean, so when you read these attributes of love, it doesn't mean that you don't experience it. It means that when love is present when love is residing in your heart it can't keep roots it can't keep going so i may see mark successful but because i love mark it comes up and i'm like no i'm uncomfortable with this feeling this is love and with love then you can go to god and say god I sense envy with inside of myself. I can identify in this moment, this is not good. And I love my brother. I'm starting to feel resentful towards him. I'm starting to feel resentful towards her. I'm feeling a level of regression. I'm actually happy when they don't succeed. God, I recognize this is not you because you are love, Lord, and this is not of you. You are not an envious God. So then you can just submit to God and say, God, here I am. Take over my life. Help me to get over this situation. Help me to deal with this issue. Whether it is past trauma why you are open to envy a lot you can deal with that because you have grounded in God's love somebody say love if it is a situation in which you've experienced things in your life that maybe no one knows maybe that's the reason why you're envious so easily you can deal with it when you're grounded in love no matter what it is if you have love you can deal with any form 
of sin when you have God's love residing in your heart. I'm going to close. As I shared today, I've been there. Maybe, maybe uh, not a series right now, but <laughs> just need to just, just tackle a lot of these sins that are hidden. That you don't even know that the person's experiencing it until they say so. I've been there, and maybe I, something's waiting for me <laughs> as I go. But I'm being transparent with you. I didn't like what was becoming inside of me. I didn't like the feeling. And if you're Christian in here today and you have the Spirit of God, maybe you felt that unease peace where, 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 where God is trying to let you know, no, it's, it's not something they're doing wrong. Could it be possible that it's envy? If you're not a Christian today and maybe you are so resentful and bitter off of life and you don't know why, you feel like you've been dealt a bad hand and, and you don't even recognize the blessings and the good things in your life, it could be envy in your heart. If you're not a Christian in here today, God, it all sins, not just envy, sent his son to die for you that you can overcome any sins. Doesn't mean that it does, we don't experience it, but it doesn't have power over us. It is not God's will that you're filled with bitterness and anxiety and hate towards somebody else. That you can't even enjoy the simple blessings in your life because you have so much envy in your heart. That's available for you today. And for the Christians today, my believers, we're going to be coming back together. We're going to be interacting with each other more. And maybe you didn't re realize envy, but when you start coming around people and interacting more, maybe you're gonna, it's going to pop up its head. Maybe you're going to be envious because you gained weight on COVID and someone lost it. <laughs> maybe it's going to be, I don't know what the situation is. Someone got a new suit. It could be anything. For me, sometimes it was the smallest things. But the enemy has a way of taking the smallest seeds and creating a lot of damage. But I'm thankful that God has his word, which is a greater seed than any seed the enemy can plant. And I pray at this moment that that seed has entered your heart and that it can make a change. I'm going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we are here to hear for you. I pray that you use me as a vessel, you use me as a vessel to communicate. And even if there is mistakes, um, a loss of way I articulated, I pray that your spirit begins to work in the hearts of individuals. I pray for that person that is not a Christian who at this moment is recognizing that envy has taken their heart to the place where they are not satisfied with the blessings. I pray, Lord Father, that they receive your free gift of salvation and not just envy, but any sins that you are there, Lord, to minister to their hearts that they may have a peace that goes beyond understanding. They don't understand why they're at peace with people having more and better things in them, that they are not feeling envy. It's because of your love that is free to us. I pray for every believer that maybe they were not in an aggression, but maybe a passive-aggressive way they've been locked in envy. Maybe it's been for years, 
maybe not every moment, but for years, they have not loved their brother and sister the way they ought to because of envy. They have not um, given their best to the church. They haven't done certain things because of envy. Maybe envy has been blocking a blessing. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, for a spirit of release in their heart that they're able to admit right now that they're envious of people. They're envious of certain people and that you are able to free them, that they're able to admit and recognize it, that if the enemy comes back with envy, they're able to identify it. And the spirit of love, who God, you are love, that your spirit, the Holy Spirit, that gives love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, goodness, can fill our hearts, Lord, that we may allow, that we may not allow envy to build a root within our heart. Be with us today and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. God bless.